All right, welcome to the No Greater Joy podcast, brought to you by the pastors here at Grace Baptist Church, uh, because we want for our people what Jesus wants for his people, and that's to know greater joy. And we're convinced that there is no greater joy for our people, for God's people, than stepping into the areas of being a 24-7 alongsider, uh, 24-7 worshiper, excuse me, and alongsider, <laughs> that's right, and a go person. I'm Pastor Steve Strong. Lead pastor here. To my right, we got... Associate pastor Andreas Bailey. Across the table. Ryan Atkins, serving in the Timothy position. And a huge thank you once again, Dan Kraniak, uh, producing this and just making it flat out awesome. Uh, this podcast, this episode, obviously we try to uh, want to have as many guests as we can just to, because everyone is used to hearing our voices. <laughs> and I'm excited about uh, having this next gentleman with us. Some of our people at Grace know who he is. But uh, Dre, tell us, tell us, yeah. introduce who's here with yeah. us. Yeah. So uh, this mor- well, this afternoon we have a, an awesome guest. Uh, Kara and myself have been able to have lunch with him, serve at his ministry, um, and so we have Johnny Fine this morning. Uh, so I'm really excited for us just to hear from him and get some encouragement from him and for him to challenge us. He has the best name of every guest and ever, ever get any guest that we've had here. Johnny Fine. Johnny Fine. No That's offense, the Brian best Gardner. name in the world. So, yeah, no, offen- no or offense, Thad. Brian or Thad. Yeah. Yeah. I, know, I know a lot of our <laughs> teens have really enjoyed going down to City Life, uh, which is a Youth for Christ Center downtown. And I know Dan has gone down a couple times to help out as well. So, yeah, so we're excited. Awesome. Now, just looking at the website, you've been there since... 2011? Yeah, so we we just passed our fifth year uh, down on Trowbridge there. Yep. And we're just excited about how God has made that transition from not having a building five years ago to yeah, what God has allowed us to do with it as an instrument for kingdom building in that yeah. community. So tell us about Johnny Fine. Great. So and who you are, where you came <coughs> from, how you came to know Christ. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll give you the condensed version because I like to talk. So we'll hopefully that's okay. Uh, that's what a podcast that is about. Talk. So, uh, well, first of all, thanks for letting me be here today and just be able to engage with you guys in the conversation. Hopefully, encourage our listeners to what it means to kind of go and and do the gospel. Yes. Be the gospel in front in front of people as much as possible. So. A um, little bit about myself. I am a military brat of uh, <laughs> of a Marine named Gordon Fine. Who that's why um, Dan Kranick wants you, likes you. <laughs> well, you know those Marines and Navy guys. They <laughs> they come from the same boat. So uh, <laughs> I, see, I see what you did there. Uh, so, anyways, um, when he retired from the Marines, we were stationed in California and. Had a great uh, business opportunity in Cleveland, so he just picked up the family, moved to Cleveland. That's about five or six years old, so it's uh, about 80, about 1980, 1979, 1980, around then. And we moved right into Lakewood, which is one of those surrounding suburbs of Cleveland. And, you know, we were the modern-day Brady Bunch family with, uh, you know, a few adopted kids that my dad and mom picked up along the way. And um, things were really good. And then, you know, uh, my dad had a PTSD um, uh, episode that really put us in a downward spiral financially, emotionally. Um, It it wasn't something that was intentional. It was just something that happens. And uh, so in the process of getting help and going through financial stress, we found ourselves living in some of the rougher parts of Cleveland in the early 80s. And uh, through that process, you know, my dad, you know, was able to bounce back and, and find employment and do other things. But, you know, the the weight of brokenness that we were feeling from, from this PTSD incident, but just as a family as a whole, um, it was really hard. It was really one of those things where you kind of didn't know what it was, didn't know how to explain it. So you just didn't talk about it. You just mm-hmm. kind of sucked it up and just kept moving. Um, but as the years went by, it got a little bit better. And, you know, even though we've dealt with a lot of hardship in the process, um, you know, we, we continued to grow and stay a tight knit family. And my mom was one of those women, uh, her name was Yolanda. Her, she was one of those women that would, like, if you brought, a kid home and said, hey, they need help. She'd be like, all right, let's make a bed for him and we'll take care of him or take care of her. She was just one of those, shirt off, you want the shirt off my back? All right, you yeah. got it, you know? Mm-hmm. 
Um, so there was a lot of love in our family, but even though we're dealing with a lot of brokenness, and I think it was about when I turned um, about 13 years old, I start really realizing how broken my family was. And all through middle school, I had some really um, hard issues of fighting and just being angry, did not know, mm-hmm. didn't know why. And <clears throat> it wasn't until I got to high school that I met this, uh, this guy, so high school, Lincoln West High School, which is in the neighborhood in which we serve around the center in the Clark Fulton neighborhood. Oh, that's cool. Um, it wasn't until I got to high school that I met this guy named Jeff Thompson, who was a volunteer coach at, at, our, at our football practices. And I'm like, so who is this guy? You know, you try to fill everybody out. You know, I was raised to, to never trust anybody. Everyone has an agenda. Everyone has something. And, and he, he was different. You know, he just came in. The days that he was there, he was coaching. And Coach Solchek was like, all right, work with these guys on this. Or were these guys on that? And me and my best friend, Kiro Taylor, who's a principal at Max A's High School right now, um, this day, uh, he and I were at home one day, and he was like, hey, I'm about to go to the Campus Life Club. And I was like, Campus Life Club, what's that? And he said, you know Jeff, Coach, Coach Thompson? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, well, he's got this thing where teenagers can go and play basketball and hang out. Well, I don't play basketball. But he said there was going to be food and girls there. So I was like, let's do this. <laughs> All over you know what I mean? yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, you know, 14, 15 years old, you know, freshman in high school, trying to make a name for yourself, trying to get known. <laughs> and they're like, hey, there's girls and food over here. Let's go. So, I, you know, we went. And I didn't go to go hear about the gospel or do any of that stuff. And in the same time that I'm doing this and going to this Campus Life Club, and engaging Coach Thompson, uh, which is Jeff now, Jeff Thompson, uh, which is my executive director at Greater Cleveland Youth for Christ uh, today. But um, he, my dad was going through this re- spiritual renewal where he was really seeking out his faith with God. And everyone was like, oh, we've been here before. We went to Mormon churches as a kid. We went to Catholic churches. We've been to Pentecostal. Like, we named it, and we just thought it was another fad for him just to kind of deal with his own brokenness and sin. Um, But it wasn't. It was one of those things that was really taking heart in his walk and knowing what it is to know Jesus for the Mm -hmm. first time. And in that same process, I was being reached by Jeff and Steve Pouch and other leaders through our Campus Life Club. And um, about a year, year and a half goes by, and then we're back to the next spring, and I'm a sophomore, yeah, sophomore, going into my junior year, and we go, there's this Kings Islands trip, and I'm like, all right, I like the roller coasters, Kings Island, no big deal. (laughs) I can't afford it, though. And so Steve Pouch, Big, burly country dude, like 6'2", just big guy. He always throwing guys around and yeah. stuff like that, real rough, but loving. Um, he was like, oh, you know, come do some work at my house, and uh, I'll pay your way. Not that I, I didn't know what he meant by that, so I went to his house, and he gives me a sledgehammer on one of the hottest summers. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was like 92 or something like that, uh, 1992. And he was like, bust up the driveway. And I'm, like, <laughs> I'm out there, and he's drinking a glass of water with yeah. a pitcher. And he said, man, you look thirsty. And, you know, he's just oh, you know, messing with us and stuff. So uh, I pay, he, you know, he paid my way to go, and me and a bunch of friends were able to go on scholarship. Um, but I, and what I love is that they let us earn it. Yeah. So it didn't take away any dignity or like for sure, like a charity yeah. case. Um, <clears throat> so we went and we're the first night we get into our hotels and we're there and there's this, we come into this big conference room and there's this comedian, they introduce him and he's telling jokes and I was pretty much a, a pretty good character at the time. Uh, and so I start hackling Heckling, sorry, heckling yeah. the, the comedian. <laughs> and I got, so think about the sanctuary, the size of that, half the sanctuary laughing with me at the comedian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's still being professional. And I didn't know that he was a minister. I didn't know that he was going to end up sharing the gospel. Uh-huh. But halfway through his comedy <laughs> line, I get, you know, Steve, big dude, is like, get over here, you know. So <laughs> I'm a little scared. I go out in the hallway, and he just, you know, he gives me a little bit of a riot act. And I'm, you know, I'm just kind of like, okay. Uh, so 
I felt bad because, you know, he paid my way and, you know, he didn't have to do that. And even though I was being a rough kid, I, I still was taught respect. Sure. So, yeah. so he sent me on the other side of the room and uh, so all the other side of my friends, people I didn't know were like, get that side going, you know, and I'm getting going. <laughs> So Did you the, miss your calling? <laughs> uh, no, probably, I, probably not. But probably to be a, a close com- second, not a right? comedian, but uh, probably a, 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 a what do you call that? A comedic actor, there maybe. Go, there yeah, you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I sit on the other side, and and he, the guy right, wraps up his little comedy jokes, and I didn't really say any much. And then he starts talking, and he starts talking about you know, like like how much God loved us, and you know, this is. What it means to know Jesus and this and then you know, that's when I tell everybody I see I you know I came face to face with the biggest butt that I've ever seen in my life and yeah. that is Romans five eight that that but God demonstrated His love for us that He died for us even though I was His enemy right yep. and that was that's a life verse for me so like you know so I'm like so when I tell people that they think it's about the girl thing at first and I'm like no <laughs> this is about like but God you know what yeah, I mean yeah, like yeah. no one else but God and at that time I was like the things that we were caught up in I couldn't see myself dying for a friend yeah. I couldn't see myself dying for the, my father who I had anger for um, or anyone else at that you know for that matter And but God demonstrated his love for us you know and I'm like wow so um, so I you know, I bowed my heart that night and accepted Christ for the first time. Well, for the first time, that like I felt like it was sincere. Like I did it, yeah. not because someone brought me to church sure. and I didn't want to make someone mad or I'll play like I was asking more for forgiveness than I was really having a relationship mm-hmm. with God. And so, <clears throat> you know, and I can explain it better now, but 16-year-old Johnny would be like, I said yes. I don't know what that means. Yeah, but, you know what I mean. But uh, that night, everything wrapped up. I, you know, prayed, had tears and snot and all this other stuff going on. (laughs) You know, um, so that night we go back and, you know, my friends kind of, you know, made fun of me a little bit. Like, oh, you're going to be all Jesus now? And, you know, and I just like, shut up, whatever. Uh, (laughs) And then the next day we wake up and they're like, let's do something, a big prank. And so I was being a dumb kid again and... uh, through my friend Lenny with no clothes out, made him run up and down the hallway and called, <laughs> called some friends and stuff and, and said, hey, come out and laugh at him. So, um, but that's what happens when they put five kids in a room yeah, and that's no, right. no adult. Yeah. So <laughs> that's, they that's, known. Why, that's why we have adults in each room now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Learned a lot back in the early 90s. But anyways, uh, you know, I knew, I knew that I knew the Lord and I had a relationship with him, but I didn't know what it was to serve him. Yeah. And so after that trip and... Um, and knowing what God was asking of me, it was overwhelming. I just didn't know where to get started. Like, you know, I can't be this, you know, I can't be perfect. I'm not perfect. Um, my life was definitely messy. Um, so when I came back from the trip, it was, it was easy to slip back into the mess. It was easy to slip back into the, those traps and snares that our kids have. And, but Jeff and, and Steve and other leaders would take time and read the word with me and explain to me, you know, um, the bridge analogy yeah. and really what it meant to know Christ for yourself and that this is what your prayer did and this is what this meant and this is what it is to live it out for him at your age. And you don't have to be, you know, a Paul or Barnabas right. or Timothy, but you could just be Johnny and he'll grow you in those levels as he sees you. So... Um, so when I, I was, that was in high school and, um, I say about a year or so later, my whole life, you know, that is just getting caught up back in the old lifestyle stuff. I kind of walked away from all that. Um, and it wasn't until I think, um, yeah, I, my wife and I got married and then we had a daughter on the way, and I felt God's conviction on me of like, you know, are you going to be the same hypocrite that you were bl- complaining about other people being with your kids? Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> so my wife and I, one of my friends, Edgar Bentoncourt, um, his aunt was going to one of the churches in the neighborhood, and she invited us. 
And so we kind of reconciled ourselves. Um, we knew we were believers, but we reconciled ourselves and start going and attending there. And then a few years later, we start going to Scranton Road Bible Church, where mm -hmm. we're at today. And, man, it's it's been 20, 20 22 years that we've been at Scranton. But, but during this whole process, Pastor Joe, who's the pastor, well, he's at the senior pastor there now, Mark Pratt is, but when he was the senior pastor when I was a kid, he would always talk to me in the parking lot, like pre-Jesus, like pre-evangelism, pre-saying yes to him. He would always just, hey, how you doing? And we'd talk for 15, 20 minutes mm -hmm. in the parking lot. He'd speak life into me hmm. and leave, and I didn't realize that. So... That's, that's where I'm at today as far as that little uh, quick story. Yeah, no, that's and that's yeah. cool. Just with, you know, we've been talking in, in other stuff, other episodes. I don't know if they're before this one or after. It doesn't matter. But just the intentionality of people mm -hmm. just having simple conversations. Yep. You know, we've had others in here. It's this person was willing to ask me some tough questions or was more than just, hey, how you doing? But have you... Have you thought about Jesus? Have you thought about spiritual yeah. things and ask questions along those lines? And, you know, it's, it's, you see the impact maybe that your senior pastor back then didn't know, but it set the stage for future. We just don't always recognize the weight of something in the moment. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think it's the way someone asks the questions, right? And sure. it's not just the questions, right. but... The fact that they do it in a, a non-condemning way, mm -hmm. yes. and more of a loving way, it's 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 the hey, how can I nurture you to a place that you see your position, yes, and how much you need Jesus in that in that state right now, yep, um, and worry about the the rest later. That's right. Yeah. Well, so. praise God for your salvation. Yeah. <laughs> and um, your where's your dad? Has, did he come to know Christ? Yeah. So that's a so I'll try not to cry on this one. Because so I just think it's awesome. God in his plan is like working on Johnny Fine and they're yeah. working on your dad. Yeah, yeah. In different times and different ways, but at the same time, it's just kind of cool. Um, yeah, so my dad uh, did make a, a profession of faith when I was younger. Um, but, you know, there was some evidence, but not really a lot. And so uh, about a year and a half after we bought the City Life Center, uh, we do this thing called the um, Thanksgiving, mm -hmm. where it's Thanksgiving dinner for everybody who wants to come, yeah. and skits. So there's like little funny skits, there's dancing, there's all kinds of stuff. So it's hilarious. So uh, so we had probably about 350 people in the building, and we're feeding them, and skits are going on and whatever. And I got the opportunity to share the gospel with everyone and just say, you know, we do this to to care and love you, but like I'd be, I, I would, it would be wrong if I didn't take this opportunity to be able to share the love of Christ with you and like what it really means to know him in his fullness and understanding his grace. And so I shared, and my dad was one of the two people. Hmm. So one of our students, Joanna, and my dad came up and came over to the corner and got prayed to receive Christ. So uh, oh, that was God. pretty wow. cool. Um, really cool it's fantastic so about a year later he passed away oh I'm sorry from cancer so um, anyways uh, it was just really cool to be able to have that you'll see him again so. uh, an opportunity but anyways yeah. that was good so, great thanks so tell, um, not sure how many of our people would be familiar with, uh, with Youth for Christ in general. Right. My guess, you know, probably most have heard about Youth for Christ. But can you tell us a little bit about Youth for Christ in general and, and then the City Life Center? Yeah. Just what those ministries are. Yeah. So Youth for Christ is an organization uh, that reaches people everywhere, young people everywhere. Um, most people know Youth for Christ for their first full-time evangelist, Billy Graham. So mm -hmm. Billy Graham started with Youth for Christ and would have these youth rallies, and people would come in the, like, I think it was 40s and 50s, and, and you would see it was really 
geared towards young people coming, young men and women that were coming from the war mm-hmm. and wanting to reach them. But they realized that these these young people were getting a little older and already having kids and you know, eventually they're going to be on these campuses and of schools and how do we continue to reach them. But so a lot of people, uh, you know, associate Billy Graham with youth for Christ and starting the crusades. This guy over here is a huge Billy Graham guy. (laughs) I am. So, so uh, so we got started here in Cleveland. Youth for Christ got started here in Cleveland because, uh, our, one of our founding pastors, uh, pastor Dan Widlicka, um, at our Scranton Road Bible Church, him and his brother actually invited Billy Graham to start doing some of the um, outreaches here in Cleveland. And so when I used to talk to Pastor Dan, he said, "Oh, Billy, you know, he just called him Billy, He'd be like, hey, Billy, you no know, he'd deal. tell me about yeah. their conversations and stuff like that." Yeah. And so Pastor Dan would tell me how they were praying for evangelists like mm-hmm. myself and others to be in the Cleveland area and to be in the surrounding areas and like that he's lived long enough. He was in his 90s when he passed away. Um, I think it was 96 um, to see that come fruition. But so Billy Graham was uh, one of our first time outreach employees. But Youth for Christ is really about going to where the kids are at. So on a school campus, uh, um, and you can see this also, and I I don't mind sharing it because I love the work that they do as well, but like Young Life, Mm -hmm. like Young Life Mm -hmm. really does come to some of the campuses and do work and outreach and stuff like that. So if you're familiar with that at all, there's there's some similarities there. Um, So, but we also have other ministries that we do like City Life, uh, which is our urban ministry that focuses on urban communities and some of the um, uh, um, things that 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 urban youth are dealing with, as far as uh, educational poverty, financial poverty, relational poverty, uh, more moral and spiritual poverty, and what it really means to really get into those things and help them be a well-rounded adult, but also to be a lifelong follower of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So in that we have three pillars that we look at. We look at the um, we look at the community that they're serving in, uh, that they're living in. We look at them as the as a leader, and then we look at their spiritual moral life. You know what I mean? Like how can they be a leader in their community? How can they grow up to be a well-rounded adult? And also how can they become a lifelong follower of Jesus Christ um, in city life? Which is all through Youth for Christ is what we really want to do. Um, and then we have another ministry that we do called Juvenile Justice Ministry, where we actually go to the juvenile jails and we do Bible studies, we do outreach where we have guys like yourselves come and speak hope into their life. We also do financial classes. We also do all kinds of other things that we're working with them because we know that it's sin that's entangled them and, and has got them where they're at, um, but that we know that God's not done with them. So when they come out, we want them to have a place to launch and be able to be able to do that in a healthy way. And these kids are from urban communities, suburb communities, rural communities that are moved into these uh, facilities that we get to reach. And then we have um, a so thing. This called is all part of the City Life Center or Youth for Christ in General. Youth for Christ in General. Okay. Youth for Christ in General. And then we have a, also another ministry called Grace Haven, which is um, court ordered young ladies and men, but mainly young ladies who are caught in sex trafficking that the court orders them um, a mentor or someone to work with them, and then we work with them in the greater Cleveland area up here in northeast Ohio. Um, It originated in Columbus, but we work with them here Mm -hmm. in this area. Um, So those are a few things. We're trying to launch a parent life ministry, but at the City Life Center, we got all kinds of things going on. So uh, Yeah, yeah, you guys have a lot going on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so... uh, um, our program coordinator is uh, Jamie uh, uh, Lovett. Well, no, that's her maiden name. Sorry, Kennett. Jamie Kennett. She's a former uh, high school student that did an internship with me. That's from Willoughby, and then I recruited her to come on staff after she got done with college. But um, she's been doing amazing work in creating programs for our kids to learn healthy eating, gardening. Um, we're going to be having camps, horseback riding camps and all these other different things 
And then Aaron Domer, who's on staff, is working to with our councilwoman, Jasmine Santana, and her, her team to provide uh, movie nights. Um, they're going to start June 18th will be the first one. But movie nights where uh, the community can gather. And a lot of times in the urban communities, what you find is that there's not really a place to gather. Um, it, it just there's they're just so broken up into pockets where you like you can't be on these blocks or you can't be on that block. But we do have some common areas, and for us, the City Life Center is known as a safe zone. So it doesn't matter what what community you're from, it doesn't matter what extracurricular club you're a part of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you can come to the City Life Center and be cared for and be loved on and be protected. And know that there's, there's, you know, we meet you where you're at, um, and work through the rest. But, you know, I have a great team uh, of staff that's there, and uh, Nick and Julio are two new guys on the team who are doing some amazing work, and we get to work with guys like Andreas. So uh, we just, we're just been loving it. So, what ages of kids do you have at the City Life Center? Yeah, so our main focus is 11 to 19 years old. Okay. Um, but if a, you know, if you're 14 and mom's at work and you're watching your little brother who's eight, we're not going to be like, hey, you can't be yeah. here. So, Wait outside. Yeah, it's not like, <laughs> well, I can't come because my, you know. Yeah. So we understand that, you know, sometimes the older siblings are part of the caretakers. So what we do is make sure that we partner with churches like yourselves to provide certain child care, child things that we can provide uh, so they can get biblical teaching and understanding and things that would encourage them to know Christ at an earlier age. To be honest with you, the earlier is always better. Yeah, yeah. Right, I, know, I know some people are like, "Well, I don't remember when I was saved," but I know, and I'm like, "Okay, you know." But I also know that, like my son Nathan, he, you know, I would go share somewhere and do, you know, and speak, and people would come up and I see my son walk up and accept Jesus for like the fifth time, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what's going on here? <laughs> And I remember talking to Pastor Joe about that. I'm like, hey, he's a, you know, he's a, what's the problem? And I was like, it's kind of embarrassing. You're sharing and your son comes up. Like, yeah. he was like, ah, oh, forget about it. Don't worry about yourself. It ain't about you. So he was like, you know, let that boy come up there as he's much as. He's just trying to break the ice for everyone else. Yeah. yeah. He, was like, yeah, yeah. he was like, let him go up there until it's like, hey, I don't have to come up anymore. Yeah, yeah. And so anyways, uh, you know, you know, thank, thank the Lord uh, that all my kids are are in a personal relationship with them for themselves, not for dad. Sure. Um, and are doing well right now walking their walk. And How many kids uh, do you have? Yeah, so I have uh, four um, in, uh, biological kids, and then we have one ministry kid that we claim that is ours, and then my niece, Luna, who lives with us. So Bryce Williams is our is our ministry son that God's given us, and he's in the Navy overseas right now serving. Oh, good friend. Um, that's probably why Dan likes me that's better. Probably so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my oldest daughter is Mariah, and she just uh, graduated a couple of years ago, working at the Cleveland Clinic. My son Nathan just graduated uh, from Cleveland State, and then my daughter Mia is at Cleveland State doing nursing right now. And then my son Noah just graduated from high school, at, um, so we're excited about him going to Cleveland State and following his computer engineering career. Awesome. And Luna, who just turned 12, who's, she's my niece. She's been with us since she was three. And we're just, uh, we're just you know, one big family. And uh, we get on each other's nerves once in a while, but, uh, you we're know. Family. But we're family. Yep. So, yeah. So, so yeah, that's our kids. My, and my wife loves us enough that she still feeds us she and does. cares <laughs> for us. And, no, she's a great woman. They always call her Saint Liz because, uh, you know. Dealing with me, it's been a miracle. It, so. that's, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, but, um, most of uh, probably our people, obviously suburbs, um, share a little bit about perhaps the dynamic that these kids, uh, the typical kids that are coming into your ministry mm-hmm. and how that might be different from maybe the kids that are in North Olmstead, Ridgeville or something. I guess is there's probably a lot of parallel. Oh yeah. Sometimes, um, but what are you seeing in the kids that you get you're able to minister to? Right. Well, you know, for you know, most of our kids are in single family homes, mm-hmm. so it's either and it's surprisingly 
the number is getting larger for single men who are raising their children. Hmm. Uh, you know, it's not as high as single women, you know, as women, single mothers, but it's st- the number's starting to grow a little bit where we see mothers like, well, I never wanted this child in the first place, so, you know, you take care of them. Hmm. And, and we're starting to, to see an increase in that number. Um, but our kids, you know, they're, it's like any other family. Brokenness is brokenness. You know, sin, sin doesn't discriminate, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, um, you know, we mainly see kids who are just looking for affirmation, yeah. uh, a, pl- a safe place to be while mom's working, um, but affirmation, a place to know that they are loved. We always used to joke that our clubs or our outreaches should be like cheers, uh, where everybody, everybody knows, knows your, your name. name. Yeah. <laughs> you know, names are important, right? And uh, even though the older I get, it seems like it, the harder it is for me to pick up <laughs> names. But uh, but names are important. And uh, so, you know, for our kids just to be loved, to be accepted for who they are, you know, and, and where they're at. But, you know, we always say, look, we're gonna, we this is open to anybody. doesn't matter what race you are. It doesn't matter what social economic status you're in, doesn't matter what you think your gender is, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, some of those hot topic buttons. Yeah. Uh, we know that we're called to love you and that you're an image bearer of God. And because you bear his image, we're called to love you and to show you what it is to know him for yourself. Um, we want you to have this relationship with him. But even if you decide not to, everything's still open still gonna love you yeah you're still there to be part of everything you're still able to you know eat go on the outings do everything but there are going to be some times where you know we're gonna we're not gonna we're not ashamed of who we are we're not gonna step back and not share the gospel because it offends you the gospel is offensive we know that uh because it's the truth of god right and it it tends to pierce you in ways that no matter what other people's judgment can do it's in a way where you know, you have to handle the business. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can't just really run from it. Well, you can, but eventually you're going to get caught yeah. anyway. Yeah. So so our kids understand that and they know, like, hey, you know, be respectful. Even if you don't want to hear it, be respectful. Because um, who know, knows? You just you continue to allow them to let you love them. Yeah. Because who knows what, how, when, where, and how God could... You know, the seeds that you're planting may not take root for 20, 30 years from now. Yeah. And why be the ones to be like, no, nah, we're going to stop planting because for any number of reasons. Yeah. And I and I have a unique perspective just because I was an inner city kid who was reached by that same ministry mm-hmm. who my leaders would tell you after when I was in my 20s and I came on staff, they were like, to be honest with you, we thought you were going to be either dead or incarcerated. Uh, we didn't oh. really think that you were going to... Yeah, you know, but we were hopeful. Yeah, you know what I mean. And they didn't tell me that while they were doing this, but but that's that was a that going. was a struggle right. for them to say, you know, maybe it's a waste of time. But we know that nothing, you know, God's word doesn't come back void. That right. what we're doing doesn't come back void. That there's going to be seeds that are going to be you know harvested later in their labor, and that's what happens. So like being able to when I first started in my late twenties, I was twenty seven when I came on staff. They would look across the table and I'm like, it's just so weird. Like, it's so weird that this punk kid is on staff and and I'm listening to him and he makes sense that we need to yeah. make those changes. And I'm like, well, thanks. <laughs> you haven't locked any of them out in the hallway, have you? <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> I've given them enough hard times that I'm like, well, you hired me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. anyways, but yeah, so it's, it's really cool. And now doing this for... 18 plus years through the church and through youth for christ um i'm 16 years in it with youth for christ i'm starting to see kids that i started reaching who are now with kids who are six seven years old then they're coming back or they've coming back from incarceration or whatever and they're like you know i just had a student well he's a grown man now but he just beat a murder case that he was falsely accused for and I was following his case pretty closely, and I saw him at the mall. And he said, "I want to go. I want to come back. I want to. Mm-hmm. I want to coach basketball. I want to do this. I want to, you know." And I'm like, "Great, but let's start with the basics." Yeah, right. I love the hunger. I love the desire, 
but we gotta we gotta start with the basics. Let's let's set up a time to talk um, and do this because one of their own coming back to reach that's huge. Yeah. You know what I mean? But then we also have individuals like Andreas and and Brad Sutton, who's who's a senior pastor out in Denver, who has made phenomenal you know uh, change and and momentum in young people's lives because you know. Who's this white guy and why is he? Yeah, like why should I trust him? And then they From do. Pittsburgh, right? Well, that that's a whole other. That's a whole other show. That's a whole other show. He's told any of them. <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah I haven't told anybody that. Yeah. But but I mean, like, just to say, I hope man, they're not listening. Yeah. <laughs> just cut everything you. Mean. <laughs> yeah, just to say that someone like yeah. him is willing to make an investment in me and has my best in mind and not trying to like use me or make me their poster child yeah. or. So it's pretty it's pretty cool to to be able to see that and yeah. kind of see that full circle with mm-hmm. these mm-hmm. now adults with kids and stuff. And longevity. Yeah. Yeah, longevity. Longevity allows you to see that. Yeah. And allows you to be there for him however many years later. Yeah. You know, he has someone that he trusts already that he can come back to. Also allows me to be able to handle issues in the community a different way because it's something that's trusted yeah. and I have the relationship and I'm like Hey, this one needs to be out of the gang. Let's go. Yeah. Like, what's, well, they shouldn't have never been approached. None of them should be, but like, help me save this one, sure. even if you feel trapped. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's an easier conversation now than when I first got started. Yeah. Right. So, anyways. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, what excites you? Maybe kind of run with two of these things here. What, what's exciting you about your ministry right now? Yeah. And how do you see the adversary pushing against? What you guys are doing. Yeah. Well, I'm always excited about God's God's work. You know what I mean? Like, I'm always excited about what God is going to do through people. And, um, you know, I always tell people, like, don't ever think that God God can't use you. Even if you feel like, I got well, I got to go clean myself up or I got to go be less sinful or I got to have more a deeper prayer life. Like, yes, all those things are g- good and should. But, like, God can use you right where you're at. Like, don't ever underestimate that. It takes that one step. You know what I mean? We don't want to, we don't want a hot mess. Yeah. Uh, but, but we want faithfulness, right? We want it to be faithful and let God do that process. But the thing that excites me a lot about ministry right now is that we're, for the first time, I mean, in five years, we, we decided to buy this building, which we've never owned property before or a building or any brick and mortar to really reach a community. And because we've done that for five years and my executive director and the board was like, look, we feel like God, it's all in this. We feel like we have the right guy to help us with this on the ground level. Let's do it. And then we've had some really great successes with it. And now that we're five years into it, like we are, you know, we have the green light, the go, the go light to, to go to the east side. Mm -hmm. We were on the east side for a while. Um, but now we're targeting five, I mean, three different neighborhoods, which is in Collinwood, um, Huff, and, um, and uh, Glenville. So we're looking at those three neighborhoods to get something going. And then we're looking at the Cadell neighborhood on the west side of Cleveland mm-hmm. um, if one of the other neighborhoods don't work out. So we want to go into three neighborhoods this year. So we're looking for staff and we're looking for those indigenous leaders that are already doing God's work and how can we come alongside them and give them a budget and give them some other training and be able to connect them with the bigger body of Christ. Because yeah. Pastor Joe used to tell me, and he still says it to this day, he's like, you need both the in, the up and outers and the down and outers. <laughs> you know, It doesn't matter what side of the track that you're on. We're all, we need both. And like, I couldn't do this without Andreas or Dan or other people like that. Like, my kids need to see people that are not Johnny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so when society says, this is how they think about you, or this is how they feel about you, you have people who break that uh, uh, stereotype sure. and don't treat you like a stereotype. So for me, that's exciting to see God growing the ministry and seeing God do that with sincere people and leaders and churches from inner city and suburbs and rural America to really come together and be the body of Christ mm-hmm. that 
I see is a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the way I see the adversary coming against that is it's just, you know, we always got to keep our, our attitudes in check. So, you know, not getting a big head uh, as we grow and, you know, looking at, you know, as we grow, there's other leadership opportunities and making sure that we don't get ahead of ourselves because we felt like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer that if, if you've been here for four years, yeah, we'll, you know, apply for the new role if it's a new leadership role. But I'm also big on, like, if God brings someone brand new that's raw, like, maybe that's, maybe that's the direction we need to go. Um, but, you know, for us, that's one. But the other one is, uh, you know, with the pandemic, a lot of our kids who are dealing with um, these either self-destructive issues or issues that no uh, young person should have to go through or adult through when they're not even adults, um, as the pandemic starts to uh, not come to an end, but like we're starting to see people open up and things open up and roll out, uh, a lot of the uh, 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 Facebook or um, uh, Twitter and all this other stuff that you hear them going back and forth where they're, you know, it's divisive where you have these big cliques who are now broken up into smaller groups. And they're like, if I see you at the mall, if I see you here, if I see you there, it's on, da da da. So, you know, we're, we're looking at maybe having one of the most violent uh, summers that we've ever had because people have been sitting dormant and, and brewing over things. Um, could be anywhere from just feeling disrespected to you know, broken up relationship, and now they're with their old girlfriend and, you know, whatever. It's yeah. nothing new under the sun, right? Uh, but but how do we engage those individuals? Even though they're 16, 17, 18, 19 years old, I mean, they're making adult decisions and they can make a decision. Like, even like when I talk to kids like who are feeling depressed, like, you know, it, the thought of committing suicide, it's a permanent answer for a temporary issue. Yeah. And like a lot of our kids are getting trapped in, making permanent decisions for their life and things that are just temporary, things that are not going to matter or don't really matter to the majority. Um, And just saying, don't get caught in those sins, don't get caught in all that hype, and let me be able to help you or let the staff help you uh, walk away from some of those things without losing face. So those are some of the things that were, that and always resources. Yeah, I mean, I want to be the guy who says, oh, we're always... You know, if we had a million dollars, well, as soon as you use the million dollars, you need another million dollars, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. So <laughs> so guys in ministry, you know what I mean? I'm like, you guys get that. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, finances are always one of them. Um, but people, I, I would say, you know, what finances can't do, people can do some amazing things. Yeah. If they just show up and say, use, you know, let me be used by the Lord. Not be used and abused, but really used. Sure. And so... So along those lines, what are ways that people at our church can serve, volunteer, be an encouragement? Yeah. Are there ways other than just maybe individual things, uh, you know, for a church as, as, you know, corporately? Are there things, what are ways that we can come alongside and be an encouragement and serve? And yeah, so, you guys see life? so always prayer, you know, we could always, you know, be praying for us. Um, some of the prayers that we have right now, just being able to have uh, a successful summer of of just being able to refocus um, and be able to come alongside our schools and our community in the fall and being able to do that in the most profitable way for the kingdom um, and for those that we're serving, uh, those 11 and 19-year-olds in our community in the Clark Folk neighborhood. Um, the other one is volunteering. We are always looking for volunteers uh, to help clean or to help teach or to help with sports, uh, to help with, um, you know, like even what we're doing today with this podcast. Like how cool would it be if we could do a podcast between, you know, kids that are not from the inner city and kids that are and pull them together and do a podcast and say, you know, let's hear from let's hear from all parties 
and just see how things that we're talking about are affecting them yeah. and what they want. You know what I mean? That, Let's th- put it down. Yeah. So, I mean, like, this, this would be awesome. You know what I mean? And, the, you know, if we walked in and the kids saw this, they'd be like, what? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like is Jay-Z showing up? Uh, no. Right, <laughs> <laughs> no, just Johnny. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. The other Jay. Uh, but, uh, you know, you know, we always have beautification projects we're trying to do. Um, we do have seniors in our community that don't always have the ability to take care of their property. So we're always looking for people to come down with us and just care for mm-hmm. our seniors or people who are, you know, physically handicapped that can't do that. Um, a meal, you know, hey, we'll cook a meal. Um, you know, it's usually about somewhere between 50 to 70 people uh, or just sponsor one, you know. Um, when we go to camps and do other functions, like I shared my story, I, I really couldn't afford it. Um so we're always looking for opportunities for kids to earn their trip. So like, hey, I'll scholarship three or four kids to camp or to that event or whatever it is. And and we give you guys the cost of that and then say, hey, all right. And then they have to earn it either through working it off at the center or coming out and doing some work at that person's house or whatever with an adult yep. leader. Um, so those are just some ways that you can get involved. Uh, the most... The, the on-ramp for that would be is go to our our Greater Cleveland Youth for Christ website and just read over the ministries. Uh, we're, I'm not here just pushing the City Life Center and what we do, but we, we have other core ministries. Like I said, Campus Life, uh, Juvenile Justice Ministry, better known as JJM, um, City Life, and then we also have the Grace Haven program. So maybe somebody wants to you know, mentor a girl that, is trying to get out of the sex trafficking um, and just care for them. You know what I mean? So uh, those are a couple easy ways to, to find out how to get engaged. What was that website again? It's Greater Cleveland Youth for Christ. If you just type up Greater Cleveland Youth for Christ, it'll come up, and then you can go from there. I think it's YFC so, Cleveland. Yeah. Y- right? What? YFC Cleveland. Yeah, y- yeah, YFC Cleveland. Yeah, org. <clears throat> Or you can call Jamie or Aaron at the City Life Center, and they'd be happy to to talk to you and show you around. So we also do tours. Uh, you can always set up a time to come down and do a tour and walk through the City Life Center and kind of hear the mission and what's going on. A lot of times the teens, our teens are part of those tours, so the teens share their testimony and how they engage and how they lead there mm-hmm. um but also how they either accepted christ or in the process of learning what it is to to know jesus for themselves because we even have kids who don't haven't said yes to jesus we have them share as well um because it's good for people to see like it's a process to really Absolutely. put your full trust into him versus a program or initiative or just because we like andreas i gotta get saved so you'll he won't quit hanging out with me. Yeah. You know right. I mean? so. right. Sure. Yeah. So anyways. Yeah. yeah. Any other questions from you guys? Yeah, I, I have a question. I know I've, I've talked to you about this. You you talked about how you've used, uh, I think, a Justin Bieber song to, to share the gospel in, in a manner. But when you're talking with a student, how do you incorporate the gospel into a conversation? And, yeah. 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 So I, you know, but, you know, I think, I think it was Justin no, no. Bieber. I it, it was. Okay, uh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, He's yeah, like, I just, oh, I just, you saw that. No, no, no. So, uh, <laughs> oh, you remember that. You no. bring that up right now? But uh, no, it's fine. <laughs> hey, look, I'm a Justin Bieber fan. So yeah. real quick, I'll just, and then we'll get off yeah. of this. But So when, uh, 2011, 2012, somewhere in there, I think it was around the Christmas time, uh, my daughter Mia, my, my second oldest daughter, she is a huge Justin Bieber fan, right? And uh, and um, I played a prank on her about how she's been spending all this time with this boy. She's in middle school, like eighth grade. And I was like, you know, we got to talk about it. And the whole family was there. And we figured we'd talk about it now. <laughs> and uh, so she's like terrified, right? And my, awesome. and my mother-in-law, um, uh, she's like all like, yeah, da-da-da. Uh, so everybody was bought into it, and I gave her Justin Bieber tickets, right? And she started crying, and she was all happy and stuff. But then afterwards, she's like, hey, Dad. Like, I was like, what's going on? And she's like, can we really pray for Justin Bieber, though? She was, she was like, I really feel like God wants him to like know him. 
And I'm like, yeah, sure. And it, it was sincere, like yeah. childlike faith, you know. And uh, so ever since then, I've been a Justin Bieber fan, thanks to my daughter. Not because I'm a fan so much of his music, but <clears throat> I'm a fan of what I see God's doing in his life. Yeah. And, man, what a great testimony to everybody that he's connected to about the power of God and knowing him for himself. Is he perfect? No. Uh, you know, do I know his faith? Like I know my friends here. No, but, but man, how great it is to, to see God moving in his life. Uh, and I've used it to point people towards. So, yeah. um, but really, you know, being able to find things that are, are connectors to our young people. So, you know, if it's about Jay-Z, I'll talk about Jay-Z and I'll talk about, you know, certain things like the blueprint. Like he's got, you know, blueprint one, two, and, you know, his his daughter Blue Ivory, right? You know what I mean? Is is part of that that name is part of the blueprint, right? And so I'm I'm trying to find creative ways that they're interested in and say, well, here's a blueprint maybe you should think about. And then talking about how God has created a blueprint, you know, for us and what life should look like and what it is to know him. Mm-hmm. Um Justin Bieber, you know, uh, you know his newest music. He put out a, an Easter album, you know, and he's, you know, he's praying for everybody: your daughters, your sons, everyone. You know, he's he just understanding the power of prayer and what it means to know God for himself. Not that he's perfect, but I mean, if someone's a Bieber fan, I'm going to use that to be able to say, how do I connect that to the gospel, and how do I understand, and like how you've already made a personal relationship with this artist that you don't really know, mm-hmm. right. who doesn't even. You know what I mean? Like they've yeah. made these personal relationships with, you know, local people who aren't in the best of situations and don't really have any care for them, but they do it because it's better to be known and loved for the things that you don't do well or bad um, than to not be loved at all. I'm mean, like, what does it look like to be loved for the good mm-hmm. that you were created for and the good of what it knows to know God's full grace, not just his mercy, but his full grace? And what that is to sustain your life to be a long life follower of Jesus Christ, like that's huge. That is generational change right yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what changed our family. So, go use Bieber. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> no, you know, there's we have a world full of people, things, and the happenings. Yeah, to just hook into to to bridge into the gospel and. Yeah. Uh, Use what it takes. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's just relating, right? Yep, I yes, mean, that's right. We see that all through the parables. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, the Lord could come at them real hard and be like, you know, woman at the well, you're the sinner. You know what I mean? You're the adulteress. You're this, you're this. No, he, he related to her. Yep. And he yeah. gently restored her and said, until the place she's like, I want that water. And then when she got it, she, was, she went back and she was the catalyst yeah. to, yep. to reach her people. The, the low of lows, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm good. I'm in good company to be able to say I'm one of the lows of lows mm-hmm. that's reaching his neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what would you, along with that little statement there, what, how would you challenge the people at Grace from your time at the City Life Center, Youth Christ, your own story, and you know what would be one thing that you would want to communicate to them? Yeah, uh, we have more in common. <laughs> Then we have that separates us. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing I would want to communicate. I, I think it's fear. You know what I mean? Like, I think fear of the unknown. Like, you know, uh, when I talk to my kids in the neighborhood, like, you know, I'm a person of color. I'm, I'm a young black kid or I'm a young Hispanic kid or Asian or whatever. Like, will I be accepted if I if I go with you, Johnny, out to, to this church in the suburb? Um, just because Andreas is cool doesn't mean everybody else is, to be honest with you. Uh, Just because I know three or four of the kids that have been coming down with them doesn't mean everyone's going to accept me because at a younger age it's a little easier to kind of accept and make friends and stuff. The older you get, the harder it is sometimes, you know. Um, So I would say it's the same thing. Like, Don't let fear get the best of you. Don't let the unknown get the best of you. Um, I think we have a great... You know, we have a great opportunity here uh, for those who are listening to be able to say, I have a safe place to be able to come down 
and learn what it is to serve in the inner city and make mistakes, but make mistakes that we can recover from, Mm -hmm. Um, that we can, not only are we going to learn from them, but like, I want to learn from those who are going to come down. You know, there are skill sets and talents that everybody has that God's given them. And, you know, no one of us can do it alone. That's why it's a body of believers, right? And there's skill sets and there's people who are gifted who are just sitting on them and just, in my mind, just squandering them away when God's saying, no, let's use them. You know, Mm -hmm. first with this body, but also with those that we can reach out to uh, as part of the whole body. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I think that's the other thing. Like a lot of times people are afraid that, you know, we might take their congregates away or move them or whatever. And that's not our that's not our goal. Our goal is to help unleash their faith, unleash their skill set to be able to not just bless their local church that they're attending, but the greater Cleveland area. Yeah. You know what I mean? What does it look like for them to mentor one young lady or mentor a young man or be those foster grandparents or mm-hmm. you know, foster family. Yeah. You know what I mean, just you know, we're all we're all adopted co-heirs, right? Mm-hmm. Like when none of us have sonship like Christ, yeah. but we're all we're all adopted because of what He did. You know, what does that look like for us to do that with those kids and you know, eleven to nineteen year olds that we're doing with, not yeah. just on the near west side of Cleveland, but hopefully in those other neighborhoods on the east side, yeah. Yeah. to start breaking down some of the racial divide. The, in a biblical way, uh, being able to look at what real unity really looks like, um, to be able to, you know, really glorify uh, God by allowing people to see what the kingdom of God's really going to look like with an array of people that just look different yeah. but worship one God. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's, that's the easiest thing. Just come down, no matter what the fear is. Come down, and if it means that we come up here first and do something simple here, and then come down, like whatever those steps are, yeah. let's do it. Like it's, it doesn't have to be you got to come down first. We can we can come up first for those who need that, mm-hmm. and then slowly build a relationship and work that out. So, because right. uh, it's a we thing, it's not a you or us thing. Yeah, it's, it's a we <clears> thing, <throat> and and like I said, we need both the up and outers and the down and outers. Um, you decide where you fit in that. You know, yep. you could be downtown, but doesn't mean you're a down and outer. <laughs> you know, you could be an up and outer. <laughs> yep. Yep. You know, there's some people who are living well in the city who are who are who are not doing anything, yep. but, but just focused on themselves and and playing the part. And God's called us to more than just playing the part. Yep. Amen. You know, go. Yep. Right. Yep. That's right. Go. That's why I <laughs> appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, getting to know you a little bit, and uh, look forward to uh, what we can be doing together in the future. Again, appreciate the opportunity given our people yeah. to come down and serve, and um, we like to finish with a few uh, shotgun questions. Yeah, and they're nothing deep. All Could right. be controversial, <laughs> but we'll see. Um, Not if you answer correctly. That's right. <laughs> well, you can't make me cry more than I've already have already. Right, so for those of you guys who are, can't see, uh, maybe you can't. I don't know, but I'm already tearing up because it's just yeah, I'm a heart guy. Yeah. So a heart guy, not a hard guy, but a heart guy. Heart guy. <laughs> Amen. Uh, favorite? Where do you like to go? Where's your favorite ice cream place? Mitchell's. Favorite flavor at Mitchell's? Uh, butter pecan. Ah. Oh, okay, that's a new one. What's your favorite menu item at Chipotle? Favorite menu item at Chipotle. Well, I'm, dif- I'm picky when it comes to food, so I'm a little difficult. But I do, I do a bowl with a tortilla on the side with pork and chicken. All right. Oh, so all pork right. and chicken. All right. You double so. it up. Favorite book outside of the Bible, or maybe we could ask you. You know, what are you currently reading right now? Um. So favorite book outside of the Bible. I don't know if I have a favorite book, but I'm reading a book with uh, my youth group and, and my sons and my son-in-law called Multiply mm-hmm. by Francis yeah, yeah, Chan. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's been really good. So we're a little behind on a couple of chapters, but we're you know we're catching up with Keep all the. Pace. <laughs> yeah, we don't have to be done until the end of the year, so, so we're perfect. okay. We You're got good. some time. So. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's been really rich just to be able to read that and kind of you know 
look at what it really takes to be, you know, uh, vertically aligned yep. so that horizontally we're making the impact that isn't about us, but yep. That's about a great him. So, yep. Favorite book of the Bible, then? Favorite book of the Bible? Nehemiah ah, is one nice. of my favorite books. I have more than one, but I would oh, say Nehemiah yep. because I kind of feel like I'm living in a modern-day Nehemiah situation. Sure. So Your own city. Yeah. Favorite movie? What movie can you watch over and over and over? Remember the Titans. Oh, all right. Who's your favorite person in the Bible other than Nehemiah? Let's, cause that, cause <laughs> well, that's my favorite book. Other than Jesus. I, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, so I like, I like, I like challenging people. So I would say Stephen. All right. Like we gotta take care of people, and I'm not a back down kind of guy. So I've been stoned a couple of times verbally, uh, but I'm still here. <laughs> uh, favorite restaurant to eat in Cleveland. Favorite restaurant to eat in Cleveland. I guess it could be not just city proper, but anywhere. Restaurant. Okay. Uh, wow, that's a that's a hard one. I would say I would go with the one that we frequent the most. My favorite place to eat is in my kitchen because my wife cooks the best. Listen to him. So, like, see, I've had people from Puerto Rico because she's Puerto Rican and I'm mixed, but come and say, this is just as good or better than home. And so, but restaurant, our go-to restaurant has been Applebee's. All right. Yeah, sim- Applebee's. Just simple and, yeah. you know, just go and. Yeah. I like their wing sauce. Yep. So. Yeah, perfect. What's your dream car? Dream car. Whoa. That's a that's a good question because I'm actually looking for a new car. So. All right. Uh dream car. Wow. I don't really have a dream car. Yeah. I just want a better car. Something that gets you where you're going, that's right. <laughs> Sorry, I don't I don't have a dream car. It's so. all right. Uh your favorite vacation spot, where would be your ideal vacation? My favorite vacation spot um, has been uh, Puerto Rico. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'd say Puerto Rico. All right. Uh, favorite cartoon growing up? Favorite cartoon? Transformers. Nice. That's quick. G.I. Joe for me. Quick. Transformers. Real American Heroes. I love G.I. Joe, I too. I Transformers. I'd forgotten, honestly, about the cartoon growing up. Yeah. Nice. I'd watch it before I go to school. So, what yeah. about your favorite cartoon right now? My favorite cartoon right now. Working with kids, you gotta have. Oh man, you know I don't. My sons are all into that uh, anime. Yeah, yeah. And I'll be honest with you. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> uh, no, they're 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 amazingly sharp. So I mean, no. Um, my favorite cartoon now. If you don't have one, it's all right. That was a throw on. I don't know when the last time I watched cartoons, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, I'll say uh, G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe, all right. All right, there all we right. go. <laughs> I see what he did there. Yeah. Um, LeBron or Michael? Michael? Yes. All right. People always ask me that. I'm like, okay, LeBron, amazing. Doing some amazing things. Not going to take it. Different era, different situation. Michael saved an industry. NBA would not exist without Michael Jordan. There you go. Wow. Mm. Pretty powerful argument. All right. And LeBron is capitalizing on the industry to do the best for people. And I love that. Yeah. So different 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 yeah. sets. You can't really can't yeah. really compare. Them. That's a good Starbucks or Duncan? Starbucks. Starbucks. Ah, yeah. Because nice. I don't want my daughter Mia to come after me. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Starbucks. <laughs> Michigan or Ohio State? Michigan or Ohio State? Oh, oh, oh! I'm gonna stand with my pastor, my well, Pastor Joe, on this one, because he's a Michigan fan. Good for him. So I'm gonna, in in his honor, he's a great guy. Because I don't follow (laughs) since I don't follow college football. In his honor, I'll say Michigan. All right, good for you. My favorite guest so far. (laughs) 
Spring or fall? Spring or fall. Fall is best. All right. Yeah, you got cool evenings, yeah. campfires, less bugs. Spring's got baseball. That's true. But the, all, I like all of that with fall. Yeah. Cats or cats or dogs? Dogs. Good for you. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Did you even finish saying dogs? No, we've not had a cat guy. We haven't had a cat guy yet. I don't think we will. <laughs> dogs. I mean, cats have a lot more attitude, and they can like yeah, self care a lot better. But and they actually earn their keep by hunting. True. Oh, yeah. If you have that situation, <laughs> or maybe your neighbor, and they just like, I'll be back. I'm gonna go <laughs> hunting. Uh, but dogs always, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All dogs go to heaven. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Good. All right. Johnny, thank you, really. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for joining so us. Much. Appreciate your time, your honesty, your heart, and uh, look forward to what God's going to do in the future here. This is great. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. And Absolutely. Hope those that are, that are going to be listening will be blessed. Yep. And get down to City Life Center. Yeah. Love to chat with them. Great. All right. All right. God bless, and uh, we'll see you next ex- episode. See you next time. Yep. Thanks.